Welcome, Mr. Podcast. I'm Mike. I am Joe. And we're going to be talking about Hansel and Gretel, or Gretel and Hansel. and Yeah, Gretel and Hansel. Directed by Oz Brickett. And whatever else. <laughs> I saw the old, the yeah, the, the Pistorius uh, documentary on, on uh, Amazon. Oh, Jocko Pistorius? Yeah, uh, or Oscar Pistorius. Oscar? Yeah. Or Jocko? No, not Jocko. I never heard Jocko. Is that a nickname of his? Because I never heard it once during that documentary. It's like four hours long, but Oscar Pistorius, the legless runner. Oh. The legless Olympian. <laughs> the one, according to Jim Jeffries, murdered the Pistorius. hottest woman on the planet, which she was, goddamn, she was gorgeous. Yeah, that guy. Shot her through the bathroom door. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty sad. I, You know what? He's uh, fucking crazy. My opinions are changing on things older I'm getting, and the fact that they made a four, I understand why they did it. He's, he's, the, he's the selling point. He's the one that gets people to click on the website and watch the shit, but- Jocko Pistorius was a jazz bassist. Okay. So, did he murder anybody besides a guitar? Bass. <laughs> so, um, with Oscar Pistorius, man, I, I just, with that guy, I mean, it's a fascinating tale. The guy, you know, had a you know, normal life except for the fact that he had, you know, his feet removed when he was a babe, when he was newborn and, you know, he was born with this weird condition and where he had like two toes in each foot and yeah. So, you know, but he was raised as a normal child for the most part. And the guy had all this ambition and all this stuff and he fought through all this adversity and he became this guy, this, this you know, he was the, like the Lance Armstrong of South Africa, you know, in a way. And he uh, just fucking, but what my problem with, with, with the Oscar Pistorius story is this, he murdered someone and she doesn't even get shown until the end of the first episode. There's four episodes, each one's about an hour long. And they, so the whole first episode is just about his life, him growing up, all this shit. And then it goes to boom, it goes to shows her at the end of the episode, just, you know, when they're on a red carpet together and then boom, next episode, now it's dealing with the murder and all that stuff them dating but it never goes into her life barely at all you know it just goes into some news footage showing the parents and a couple things and a couple interviews really quick but that's it and it just it's it's sad to me because the more older i'm getting the more sentimental i'm getting about family and things like that i'm like this guy fucking admitted to kill her like there's never been a doubt that he killed her he said he killed her he just says it was under different circumstances and but he's still convicted of murdering her he got convicted twice they don't have double double jeopardy in fucking uh, africa south africa so he got tried twice for the same goddamn thing first time he only got like 6 years like most most countries don't have double jeopardy yeah. the united states is one of the few yeah so I, it was just weird to me because they're like, uh, they went on appeal and then boom, no, now he's got like 16 years or, or something like that. So, but it just, it just seems like all of this. No, you know, all of this uh, celebrity goes to him because he's the, you know, he was the big star and he did all this shit. So he gets his name. Though I mean, the documentary is named after him. And I know this. This is rhetorical, kind of when I'm saying this because I understand why it's done the way it's done. Because he grabs the headline. She didn't grab the headline. Reva, whatever her last name, but her first name was Reva. She didn't grab the Reva. There we go. Reva Steenkamp. All right. She was beautiful, and she's you know she was involved with a lot of humanitarian type stuff. She's she from what they showed, she was a really good person, but barely anything. It was all about him, this fucking guy who murdered her, and it just I don't know. I, I maybe it's telling me that maybe I need to start making some personal stands against like I if this guy really did it, maybe I shouldn't even watch his shit. You know, if another guy does it, but it, I know that's the weird part because I want to learn about it too at the same time. So, and I didn't know from the get go that it was just all going to be about him, or maybe I did. I don't know. It just 
Do I recommend seeing it? I do, because it's interesting. It is interesting to see how it played about and what his defense was. Because they do, they had this reenactment team come in and do like their own CG composite of it. And it, it just, I mean, the way he, they make it fit. But then the prosecution also makes their shit fit. And, but I, overall, I think he, you know, he, he was just fucking upset and he did it. So whatever. Anyway, it, it's, it's on Amazon. If you want to check it out? Go ahead. Yeah. What I find funny is <clears throat> this. So we're reading about the murder of Reva Steenkamp. <clears throat> he shot, he shot her four times. Yeah. He acknowledged shooting her four times. Well, he shot through the door four times. Doesn't matter. Three of the bullets hit her. He acknowledged that he yeah. shot Steenkamp four times. Yeah. But said that he mistook her for a possible intruder. Yeah. Okay. The trial proceedings were adjourned until 30th of June to enable Pistorius to undergo psychiatric evaluation to establish whether he could be held criminally responsible for shooting Steenkamp. Steen they agreed to the request for evaluation after forensic psychiatrist Merrill Vorster testified for the defense that she had diagnosed Pistorius with generalized anxiety disorder. Uh -huh. Okay. The generalized anxiety disorder is, is an anxiety disorder characterized by excessive, uncontrollable, and often irrational worry about events or activities. This excessive worry often interferes with daily functioning, and sufferers are often or are overly concerned with everyday matters such as health issues, money, death, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. He's an Olympic runner. Yeah. He's an Olympic medal runner. Yeah. Where's the anxiety with that, right? So... I can understand there's going to be some anxiety mm -hmm. with your life. You know, there's going to be stress because of training and this and that and the other thing. But you shot through your door yeah. for one reason or another. The trial resumed after evaluation report said Pistorius could be held criminally responsible. The prosecutor was quoted as saying, Mr. Pistorius did not suffer from a mental illness or defect that would have rendered him not criminally responsible for the offense. He admitted to the offense. Yeah. Pistorius was found guilty of culpable homo homicide. Yeah. Culpable homicide is where you, it's like manslaughter here, you know, like you didn't mean to do it, but you were under circ certain circumstances and it happened because of it. Yeah. With or without an intention of to kill, depending on how particular jurisdiction defines the offense. Yeah. He was found not guilty of two other firearm related charges relating to possession of illegal ammunition and firing of firearms through the sunroof of a car. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's in the documentary. There's, there's showing incidents where he fired guns in public before, you know, just to show a record of him firing guns. Oh. He received a prison sentence of five years for homicide and a concurrent three-year suspended prison sentence for separate reckless endangerment conviction. Yeah. Then it got appealed and then they, they retried him and then he got full on, you know, he got the, he got a different, you know, it, they took away the culpable and it became something else. So in the words of Judge Leach, although he may have been anxious, it is inconceivable that a rational person could have believed he was entitled to fire at this person with a heavy caliber firearm without taking even the most elementary precaution of firing a warning shot, which the accused said he elected not to fire as he thought the ricochet might harm him. Although the judgment, according to the judgment, the person who Pistorius thought was in the cubicle had nothing to do to do with the results of his actions. The culpable homicide verdict was replaced with a murder conviction, and the case was referred back to the trial for a sentencing hearing. Uh, in December of 2015, Pistorius would continue to remain free on bail, but under house arrest pending appeal. And in March of 2016, he had been denied his right to appeal and would, ne and would next be due in court on June 2016 to begin a five-day sentencing hearing for the murder conviction. The sentence was adjourned by Judge Masipa until July of 2016, and then he goes to jail again. Once he was incarcerated in the hospital wing 
It was anticipated that Pistorius would be eligible for release on parole after serving three years of his sentence. Let's see. Oh, once again, he was incarcerated in the, um, et cetera, et cetera. Should have this on compel. <laughs> I, I find it, like I said, I find it interesting that why the fuck would he fire through a door? Yeah. With the way they, they play it out, they, um, like they play either out she was banging on the door saying, let me in or. No, no, no. They made it like, okay, he fell asleep that night and then he woke up and he, he walked around to where the fans were blowing into the room from the window. So he was taking the fans off. Now his theory is that she got up and he couldn't hear her, got up off the bed because they had one of those Serta mattresses or whatever, right? So she gets up off the bed. He doesn't hear her walk down the hall and around into the bath. All of a sudden, when after he's turned the fans off and he, um, you know, conveniently covers the light that's coming from the radio because it lights up the room because he didn't know he had his back to her, turned towards the bed the whole time, right? So then all of a sudden he hears a noise from the bathroom area. So then he does, he still thinks that she's in the bed sleeping. And so he starts yelling out towards that to the bathroom. And then he says to her lightly, you know, like, stay here. Someone's in the house, call the police. And then he starts walking down the hall and he starts yelling, get the fuck out of here. Who the fuck are you? And then he says that's when he fired into the, because uh, he said he heard a noise come from the bathroom. That's when so he. he didn't say once, hey, who's in the house? No. I don't think he said who's in the, No, he goes. Who or who's here? No, he just said. Or who's that? No, yeah, he just said, no, get the fuck out of our house. No, too convenient. He said he heard a bath. He said he heard the window open the bathroom. And that's what made him go in that direction. Too convenient. I know, I know. And there's there's Bullshit. more to it. And then the, the lawyer's the lawyer's really good at spinning shit. Oh, my God. It's Johnny Cochran shit. But um, there's a part where the prosecutor, he shows, while well, um, Pistorius is on the stand, he shows him the the, the autopsy photo of, of, of her, Ariva Lane on the slab and you could see the big chunk of her head sticking out and um, from where the last bullet that killed her um, hit and he you know he like he showed in front of everybody he's like this is what you did to her you even admitted you did this to her you did this to her you know so no matter what you say and all this stuff you still did this to her and you need to pay for it you know and then he just every time he would go start crying and you know blubbering all over herself and it, the whole thing is just fucking sad man I mean the guy's had this great story you know lost his parents and all this stuff you know he had a, a little bit of tough upbringing here and there dealing with you know his problems but I mean he was still middle class you know white guy in, in fucking South Africa which is still better off than almost all the black people in that nation probably so you know he fucking blew it and he killed this beautiful woman who was a good person and you know her family's devastated forever because of it I mean you know Every time that they think about her, that's always going to come up, pop in their heads. Every single time. That's how she died. That's fucked up. So, yeah. Sad thing. It's a really sad thing. So, he, did, you know what? I mean, unless something else is proven, he deserves all the time he's spending in there, which is, should be for like 16 years or more. He's out on parole. No, he's not out now. No, after after the reappeal, he got like 16 years. He's he's in prison right now. He is. It was I, The documentary just came out. It's new. It, it's 15 years less time, sir. Now he says he'll be eligible for parole in 2023. Which was as of 2017. Six, so three more years. Yeah. So it's... And there was this weird thing they had in the documentary, too, about these, these guys that he was involved with that, um, like this this criminal that, you know, that you know, he's like a loan shark or something that, that has actually killed people before. And they were showing up at his trial and they'd be sitting in the back and there'd be confrontations with the family and stuff. It was, it was kind of creepy. It was some uncut gems type shit. <laughs> I'm not sure what to talk about with, with um, Hansel and Gretel. Well, from your perspective as a person who um, loves uh, classics, you know, fairy tales and stuff, fable. Yeah, well, look, here's the premise that's written in Wikipedia. The story is described as being set a long time ago in a distant fairy tale country side and focuses on a young girl who leads her little brother into a dark wood in desperate search for food and work only to stumble upon a nexus of terrifying evil. Yeah, the synopsis isn't on IMDb either, so. Like, there isn't 
anything terrifying about this movie. It's Cre- yes, creepy. It's 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 okay. I mean, yeah, it's creepy. I like the movie in terms of visual style and stuff like that. Yeah, there is no story. Yeah, yeah. Whoever wrote the story, hold on a second. I'll bring I believe it. Perkins is one of the co-writers on it or adapters. Don't Rob play. Hayes. Okay, so no. Okay, so just uh, Perkins just directed it, and it's based off of Hansel and Gretel by the Brothers Grimm. And you know, there there are some bits of dialogue here and there that are from the story, but the screenplay by Rob Hayes, the dialogue is good. It's missing everything else. Yeah. Starting off at the beginning with the seer girl, the witch, the young girl with the hat. Yeah. And the person that's standing behind or beside her with her arm on her shoulder, who could be, at this point, you don't know if it's a sister or her mother or just somebody that she knows. Yeah. And the girl is brought into the wood because she's evil, inherently evil. So they exile her. And as the story goes on, you find out that the mother ate her. You're like, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. What the hell is going on here? And then, like, the mother's a witch, and the mother ate her, and then, like, what about all the other kids? Did you eat the other kids, too? Uh-huh. There's a whole lot of story missing within the story. Well, she had a whole barrel full of body parts, so I would assume that those are from all those kids she's killed over the years. Or, or did she? Well, that's why those ghosts were walking by, heard them at the end of the movie. What about the daughter that killed all those kids? No. Exactly. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. It, this movie's very thin. <laughs> Anorexic. Yeah. <laughs> Paper. We're introduced to Hansel and Gretel, or Gretel and Hansel, and Gretel's older. I'm fine with the way that they did that, all that stuff. My problem is that you have an older girl who is obstinate, and she's going to do what she want to do. <laughs> Because she's female, and that's the yeah. way it's written. I do what I want to do, yeah. Because I'm female, and her and she is offered a job, or she's going for a job interview, basically, at, at this rich person's estate. Like rich, I'm putting it in quotes, because every scene is mud-filled dirt streets. Yet there seems to be a modern taste to this stuff. Mm-hmm. Shoes, clothes, things like that. But it's supposed to be set in a fairy tale land. Like, you don't... It feels like it's like the the late 1800s, 19, early 1900s because of the way that the house was designed. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you, you have a modern kitchen with, with, uh, with an island and then the big table. You're like, what fucking year is this? Because mm-hmm. they're using gas, but they're not. What the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. There's no established rules for this movie. I kind of like, which is really cool. There's no established rules. But there has to be some established rules, like Gretel talking back to the Lord of the Land, essentially, is what he is. Yeah. Which we think is probably the witch. Because there are parts of the movie where Gretel and the witch are sitting in the exact same room... Because you can tell by the fireplace. Yeah. The exact same room with the same um, uh, color glass in, in, uh, in the, on the sides. Yeah, on the windows. Yeah. And as she's talking with the witch, Joe and I came up with the theory that the witch is the rich guy and was testing her. And the hunter, too, yeah. No. No, the hunter's different. I thought that he should also be the hunter. Why would you think that? Because he pointed them in the direction of the witch. No, he didn't. He pointed them in the direction of, you go here, follow the path, and they went off the path. Shit, they did. So, All right, whatever. Because they ate the mushroom. Okay. So, and that's the other thing. We'll get into the hunter thing in a minute. Um, it, But you could be right. But there's a there's like a zombie corpse thing that shows up at some point. Yeah. Like this, this movie, the direction of the movie's fine. The screenplay and... and 
the story in and of itself meanders all over the fucking place. Uh, and by direction, I mean the, getting getting the actors to do their job. Alice Creed, the guy that plays the hunter, uh, yeah. Charles Babaloa, Baba Babalola, Babalola, Baba, not going to work here anymore. So and Sophia Lillis says Gretel was fine. Again, my problem my problem stems from two two things in this movie, which is a lack of coherency. And a girl who let's just let's just come to grips with the fact that they live in an age where women don't have any power and she's defiant. Yeah. Well, that don't work. It takes you out of the movie. It did. The only reason why I was able to let it go was because I figured, oh, well, because she's she's susceptible to becoming a witch that maybe she's just at another level than the average woman is. Yeah. So you just kind of let it go. But the beginning of the movie is awful with the mom yelling at her to get out and I'm going to chop you into pieces. It was confusing. It, it was. Yeah. There's again, there's no consistency with the story. Yeah. That's the issue. There's no consistency. Why did the hunter leave them alone when they're kids? <laughs> that made no fucking sense to me. Yeah. Like, you you go here. Well, why don't you take them? You're a hunter. You can go out hunting. Yeah. And you can hunt for rabbits. Like I, like I why said, don't you help us? Like I said in my review, I think that there was a bunch of shit cut out that they had to for time restraints or whatever. Because this is a low-budget movie. Low-budget movies- But the, the, the whole entire hunter thing was just useless. What would they cut out of that? I think that- He wasn't with them. He just let them go on. He let a 13-year-old girl- yeah. And an eight-year-old boy wander off in some random direction. Mm, that is, yeah, that's lazy writing. Knowing that there's probably zombies out there because he killed one. Yeah. Or whatever crazed dude that was. Yeah. And that was the other thing that was weird is they go into this house and they lie down on this thing and this fucking terrifying leper. Yeah, missing an eye. No, he wasn't missing an eye. It, yeah, he had a hole in his it eye. It got shot out. No, it was before he got shot because it showed him. It, no, it got shot. It popped out when he got shot. Doesn't matter. There's a fucking leper. Leper zombie, right? Yeah. And the hunter was in the house at the same time. Yeah. And there's no explanation about why both of those guys are in the house. It's just the hunter shows up and saves the day. Mm -hmm. Like he's a hero. And then takes him to his house. So instead of keeping the kids there, he kicks them out knowing that they could help with chores and this and that and the other thing, but no. And then they end up at the witch's house. Like, this is a weird perversion of, like, uh, what is it, Snow White and ha Hansel and Gretel. Mm -hmm. Or the Red, Red Riding Hood. Yeah. You know, with the hunter. Visually, it's so good. Yeah. There are scenes in here that are so striking, like when when Gretel is reaching up towards the tree, she's using magic. Oh, that's the other thing. They raid her. They totally fucking Star Wars this movie. <laughs> yeah. In that she's all of a sudden just super powerful, and at the end of the movie, she makes a stick move and kills the witch. Yeah. Except the kids lured the witch into the oven, not... Not shoved her and you know you know not did magic and killed her by stabbing her yeah. with a tree. Oh yeah, they, in a brick in a brick fucking <clears throat> a huge brick building. Yeah, let's make pizzas. Mo oh yeah, a modern day pizza <laughs> oven. <laughs> it was creepy. I liked the set design with that though. It was it was it was different. The house was cool. The big underground brick oven was cool. Yeah. What didn't make any sense to me was she goes downstairs and or the Gretel. So Gretel finds this the the underground pizza, right? Yeah. And she had been having dreams about it, this and that. And the other thing, she finds her brother down there sitting in a corner, very similar to Blair Witch. Yeah. That was the first impression I got too. Yeah. And she looks over and then she she sees bodies on the table. Well, no, I, I mean, or the, or the bodies on the table were the dream. No, 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 the there's something else. So the barrels, 
And then, and then like there was a sieve pipe, and then blood started pouring out of the sieve pipe. Oh, and, the witch came out of and it. Then, yeah. And then, uh, and then, as she's watching it, you just see the pool. It's obvious fake, right? Yeah. You can tell it's just CG. And then it cuts back to her. I think it cuts back to her. Maybe it cut back to her brother or her looking at her brother or talking to her brother. And she turns, and all of a sudden the witch is there, uh-huh. just lying in the water, lying in the blood. No explanation. Just lying there, and then she stands up, and she does this thing, and the only thing I can think of is if you've seen the trailer for Diablo 4. <laughs> okay. Like, the trailer for Diablo 4, and this is this coincides so well with this movie, so the big bad guy of Diablo 4 is Lilith. Lilith is the first of the... It was Adam and Lilith, not Adam and Eve. And Lilith got removed. Okay, and, I, I, you don't mean Fraser's ex-wife. And Eve was brought in to replace because Lilith had too much of a uh, Lucifer-type yeah. personality. Yeah. So Lilith is technically the first female in... in Incarnation. Yeah, in in, uh, in the Bible. But in Diablo 4, Lilith is resurrected. And the way she's resurrected is these thieves break in. One of them knows how to read uh, angels ancient magic, reads the ancient magic. In order for this whole thing to happen, people have to sacrifice. So they have to cut their hands or cut something so that blood pulls into this magic device. Okay? But the problem is, is that the device is is deceitful. So you op- it opens this door, you go in, you're still bleeding. The the priest in Diablo 4 has been cut, he's been injured, and he also has a injury on his hand. God, this from sounds cutting like himself. this sounds like Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. And as he goes in, they start reading from this column. He he's told to read from this column by a disembodied voice who turns out to be one of Lilith's henchmen. Yeah. Who who appears in this tomb, as it were. As he's reading, he's like, I can't read this. He's like, you will read this. It's your destiny. <clears throat> and it's it's a summoning. And as he summons, all three of them are raised up, and their blood comes out and forms this spider web weave. And out of the middle of it comes Lilith. And she's basically reborn from the blood of these people, right? And the spider web is her cape, you know, or her cowl or whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. And watching... Gretel and Hansel, when the when she when the witch raises up, I know it's a long explanation. The same thing happened with the blood. The same exact shit. Yeah. So that visual image felt like, and it's kind of I can't say it was taken, but it was definitely fucking borrowed. Uh-huh. Because let's see here, Blizzard BlizzCon happened in November, so December, January. They were already working on this movie, anyways. So you could still get that visual element. It's it was coincidental. I'm just gonna call it coincidental. Yeah, maybe a little bit of um uh, uh homage one way or the other, depending on who saw what first. And I like the visual. The problem is, is that she was just like there, just there. No, no other reason. Like the the blood didn't coagulate in in an area where there was like you know a tomb or whatever. It was a flat floor, and then she just magically appeared mm-hmm. out of this blood. And that's cool, but it would have been better to have some sort of explanation how that happened. Yeah. I liked Alice Krieg as the witch. Yeah. That was creepy as hell. Yeah, it was. But again, I mean, it's just like she went from doing everything to help the girl to, like, the girl can't read. Then all of a sudden she can read. Okay. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Can you read? No, I can't read. But I can cook. Yeah. That was at the beginning of the movie. Oh, and then she, then when she's making the spell out of the, uh, yeah. Yeah. So at some point, 
the witch teaches her how to read. So it's like, how long have they been there? So then that that shows another thing that they probably had to cut out of the movie because of time. Yeah, how long have they been there? Yeah, and and well, at least a year because she she had a period, mm-hmm. and then she started washing her clothes, and that's the other part that like you see little hints of kids and this and that and the other thing. Like that's cool, but there's no. We're not getting any information. There's, she's, she lives outside of town. Yeah. You would think that, you know, we would follow them into a town so that she, she could keep with this whole idea that, you know, she's, she's not a witch type of thing. So she goes into town to buy food or to fake buying food. Yeah. You know, so we can get some sense of location, some sense of other outside story, you know. Instead, we're stuck in this little bubble, and then at the end, she kills the witch, and then the forces, the the force ghosts appear, yeah, and then they disappear. Yeah, she has the choice to whether to be good or bad. Yeah, and and watch out, world! Here I come. <laughs> I am woman. Hear me roar. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and like, I don't, like I said, intrinsically, I don't have issues with that stuff. My problem with it is lack of goddamn story content. Yeah. We have an hour and a half worth of meh with beautiful pictures. Like, my biggest argument with these things is they took an idea. They, this writer had like, like a, a fleshed out one page scene. Yeah. And said, well, we can make a movie out of this, you know? Yeah. That's what it feels like. Let's take Hansel and Gretel because I have a great idea. It's just all this storyboards. House. Yeah. This house in the woods that looks like looks like a, a kind of like a cabin. Cabin in the woods. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's got multiple layers like cabin in the woods, except at the bottom it's a big pizza oven for kids. Yeah. And the witch is going to kill all these. Well, she kills these kids and then she has like these, these you brought it up, these barrels, barrels yeah. this barrel of kid parts with a baby arm in it. And like, and I was thinking about it, all I could think of is when I saw that was like. Uh, Remind me of Toy Story or something. Yeah. <laughs> like Sid, Sid's, uh, <coughs> Sid's fun house of horror. Yeah. I just, all I could think of is, you know, those when you're growing up and like your friend's sister is carrying around the, you know, baby shits a lot or whatever it is. Yep. And you pull the arm off. Yeah. Right? And like, you, like the big baby in Toy Story 3. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and you got that fucking weird fat baby arm. Yeah. That's on these dolls. That's, yeah, that's what I saw too. It, it, so you have that. It's like a Rick and Morty fat baby arm. Yeah. Or on regular show, I mean. Yeah. You know, the big fat floating baby. Yeah. The God babies, yeah. Oh, the, uh, the um, uh, Gravity Falls. Dude, did they Time show, baby. Did they show? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 So. Did you say cake? <laughs> Time baby. You have until I finish this bottle. So, if you ever watched Gravity Falls. I've seen it, but I, I don't. I don't. I've only seen that like every episode like once. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dipper and Mabel get mm-hmm. sucked into the future. Yeah. Because they, the guy that does, well, Justin Roiland did the voice, and he does this voice of this time traveler that has to go back and, and fix fix time. Yeah. And he ends up at a fair where Stan is holding, has a, has a fair going in Portland, mm-hmm. and Dipper and Mabel find this, uh, what do you call it, tape measure. It's a tape measure time machine. Yeah. And they go back and they go back in time. They go back too far. Yeah. And they're fucking up time all the way around. Uh, uh, Blandon, that's his name. 
Blandon. Blandon. That's a name. And he's he's like a he's just like a bald like a janitor, mm-hmm. right? But he's he's like a time janitor, and he gets caught, and he uh, he has to go to time jail. So that's the whole premise of this kind of story arc. It's really fucking hilarious. And I'm bringing it up after you know because Gravity Falls is fucking awesome. My favorite episode is the Street Fighter one. Yeah, Street Fighter, Fight yeah. Fighter. Yeah, God, I love it. And Blandon is about to be like executed essentially. Yeah. He has to play in the time games is what it is. That's that's a death sentence if you're not good. Mm. And he's a fat nerd who has no concept of sports and competition. Yeah. He's a video game guy type of thing, right? And he basically he he basically pleads and and comes up with this uh I can't remember the name of it, but he he basically says I Want to fight these guys to the death, a duel to the death, and and the and, he, and time baby's like, okay, where do they live? And he goes, these are the guys, Dipper and Mabel, and we end up back at in Gravity Falls, where Dipper and Mabel take Seuss because it's Seuss's birthday, and he gets all upset about his birthday because his dad doesn't ever show up, and they take him to Laser Tag, yeah, at at the mall or wherever, and they get sucked into the time thing and have to compete in the time games for an unlimited wish. That's what happens. So they go through this entire thing, but Time Baby, which is what this whole thing is about, is in charge of time. <laughs> He's a gigantic baby that's in tr- that's basically the president of time. All right. And and he acts like a baby, but he can talk and everything else. He's got this deep masculine voice. It's hilarious. And like he, they'll try and give him a bottle, and he'll shake his head. You know, like like they're trying to feed him. Yeah, and you know how babies are when you're trying to feed them. Like ah, and they're fighting it. Yep. And then they'll put his foot in his mouth. You know, things like that. As he's as he's counting things down, it's really it's really well done. Mm. And that's the story of Time Baby. Watch Gravity Falls, man. If we're gonna talk about stuff. That's what Mister Podcast is about. This isn't a linear like fucking movie review or what I find interesting. Also about Gretel and Hansel. Going back to that real quick, uh, Orion Pictures. You don't see Orion, many Orion Pictures uh, movies. Uh, it's been brought back. It's owned by MGM now. Mm-hmm. There's a rumor going around that Netflix wants to buy MGM. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, they'd have the whole James Bond library. Yeah. Well, partially. I think that it's... Like, Sony, doesn't Sony own a part of that too now? Yeah, something like that. Like a co, co-funding. They, they're like the ones that help dig MGM out of the hole. Yep. Which is so weird, you know, because the Hobbit trilogy made a shit ton of money, and those were partially MGM and, and Warner Brothers, right? And then, and then you know, uh, I mean, James Bond, I mean, those movies make a ton of money. So, it, who the fuck is running MGM into the ground? <laughs> Hollywood. Hollywood elite. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been watching uh, a lot of movies lately besides, what you know, like I just saw the, the three-hour director's cut of Dr. Sleep. Uh-huh. Yeah. It just came out on Blu-ray today. And uh, yeah, it comes with the theatrical and the director's cut. So, the director's cut is 24 minutes longer than the theatrical. I did it just seemed like it, there wasn't any extra scenes that I noticed in the movie. It just the there were just every scene. There was a lot of scenes that were extended in the movie. So I don't know. Maybe I I I'll have to watch it again to see what the differences are. But it's still a really good movie. I I really enjoyed Doctor Sleep for the most part. I mean, we had we had a couple of little you know problems with it, but overall, still one of the best movies. It's, it was in my top ten of movies that came out last year. So yeah, MGM co-produces, co-finances, and co-distributes a majority of its films with Sony, Paramount, and Warner Brothers. I knew about the Paramount one. Um, they still own, you know, the MGM hotels and whatnot, but like they've, they've literally let this 
company just fall to shit. MGM was such a, a huge... A beast, man. You saw that lion roar. You knew you were going to watch some shit. Yeah. You know, you have you have the the, the um, cartoons, Tom and Jerry, Captain and Kids, Barney Bear, William Hanna, Joseph Barbera stuff, Tex Avery, Lorimar Pictures, Telepictures. Like, how, how does a company like that... Well, I can tell you how a company like that starts to go to hell, but it's... I don't know... Okay, so Stephen F. Cooper is at least was okay. This is this is how this is how movie studios go to shit real quick. Chief Executive Officer Harry Sloan in 2009 stepped down. He's an American business executive. Um, he was chairman and chief executive officer at Global Eagle Acquisition and serves as director at Zenimax Media. So there, there's a problem right there. Chief, he's the chairman and chief executive officer at Global Eagle Acquisition. What is his experience in the movie industry? Who knows? <laughs> Buying other companies? And then they hired Stephen F. Cooper as its new CEO, who was a corporate executive who guided Enron through its post-2001 bankruptcy and oversaw the restructuring and growth of Krispy Kreme in 2005. And Enron. Enron and Krispy Kreme. These are not movie production companies. Yeah. A completely different fucking animal. Yeah. Because you have to spend millions upon millions of dollars for every film just to get the film financed. Yeah. And then marketing and this and that and the other thing. Yeah. Buying scripts and This isn't Krispy Kreme where you have to figure out what the next fucking donut is. Or Enron, which was one of the largest bankruptcy cases in the United States history for oil. You know nothing about the movie industry. I, I don't know anything about the movie industry, but I can tell you that hiring people that are not part of the movie industry or don't know jack shit about the movie industry is subject to failure nine times out of ten. Every time I see someone that is not does not know or has not been involved with the movie industry for less than ten years take over as CEO because they came from some pedigreed fucking law firm or hedge fund or whatever yep. has always failed. Always failed when it comes to running a movie studio because they don't understand that running a movie studio is completely different. They think it's just all fucking glamour and, and, and parties and this and that. I'm sure it's there, but you're literally spending millions of dollars for a product that has to be out in theaters for six weeks minimum in order to make them to make them their money, right? Yeah. And leading up to that, you have to spend at least the budget of the movie to get the information out there. So if it's a hundred million dollar movie. You know, I'm just being facetious. It, it's not always this way. But if it's a $100 million movie, word of mouth, because, again, this is not Krispy Kreme donuts where people come, come in and go, oh, a new donut? Let me try it, right? Where you already have a built-in customer base. Uh -huh. You have to continually build a customer base for your franchise. So every year it's different. You're not going to get the same people, you know, coming into your quote-unquote store, yeah. your movie theater. To watch these movies, you're going to get either new or old. People are going to go away from the movies. They're going to watch it on, you know, Hulu or Netflix or wherever because they don't want to see it at the movie on first run. Mm -hmm. So you're, you don't know what your base is. Essentially, 
you know that based off of surveys and whatever else, that your movie's going to make this amount of money. So it better cost this amount of money. This is the problem with fucking Hollywood, is that they attract the wrong people. So you have people like from Spyglass Executives. Um, on December 10th, MGM Executives announced that the studio had emerged from bankruptcy after this Stephen F. Cooper was there. That was a year after. So he didn't affect anything. Mm. That was all of Harry Sloan's stuff before that. And let's see. Barber and Roger Birnbaum became co-chairs. Um, he owned Spyglass and was co-CEO, co-chairman of MGM. His two greatest box office hits as producer has been Rush Hour 2 and The Tourist. Gary Barber is also co-founder of Spyglass Entertainment. <coughs> I don't know what their backgrounds are, but obviously they got into entertainment. So uh, MGM and Weigel Broadcasting has plans to distribute MeTV nationwide, which I kind of want to see. I think that that stuff is pretty cool. They've also done a whole bunch of other, other things aside from that. Oh, here we go. So MGM was listed as one of 22 potential buyers interested in acquiring the Weinstein Company. MGM's board renewed Gary Barber's contract as chairman and CEO until December 2022. In 2018, Chris Brereton... The former media M&A attorney of Latham and Wakens was appointed as chief operating officer. MGM Holdings announced that Barber had been fired by the studio's board of directors. This was two years ago. MGM gave no reason for his firing. For the interim, the company would be led by newly formed office of the CEO. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. No. Why, why was Gary Barber fired? This is what kills me about this stuff, man. He looks like Christopher Lee. <laughs> oh, no, my friend. A Sith Lord. Johannesburg. Home of the Cougarman. Uh, diplomatic immunity. <laughs> I mean, look at this. As a producer, Midnight Crossing. Okay, Halloween 5. Communion. Young the, Guns yeah. 2. Pacific Heights. Mm -hmm. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Free Jack. Yep. Uh, True Romance. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. That's a hit. Major League Two, Chasers, Trial by Jury, uh, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, Two If I See. Um, let's see. I mean, oh, okay, there you go. Can't, <laughs> can't all be hits. Shanghai Noon. Yeah, that was a hit. I'm Rain of Fire. Well, that's still kind of a hit. Shanghai Knights, Bruce Almighty, Seabiscuit, Mr. 3000, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Legend of Zorro, Evan Almighty, Balls of Fury. G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Like I said, they all can't be hits. Dinner for Schmucks. G.I. Joe Retaliation, Robocop. Footloose remake. Glass. Mm -hmm. I forgot that there was a remake of Footloose. Yeah, then you're not missing anything. Yeah, why was he fired? Who cares? Moving on. So, when it comes right down to it, I have a new video game. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. So, it was cool. Joe fucking got me the Atari Star Wars stand-up arcade game. Because apparently I talk about it way too much. And it's got Star Wars, the Vector Graphics, Star Wars, Vector Graphics, Empire, and the top-down perspective, third-person perspective, Return of the Jedi, which all came out 81, 82, 83 type of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just like the stand-up arcade. It's got the... The cool control yoke. Yep. Yeah, there's a yoke. I didn't even know it was called a yoke until they, they read about it. And it goes left and right and up and down. It's got the, the thumb the thumb buttons on the top. It's got the triggers on the bottom. Now, I've been looking into building one of those, uh -huh. the, 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 the control yokes. Yeah. You can do it. You can build it out of wood and, and put it all together. And there's an entire video on YouTube about it. Yeah. When I put this together, <laughs> it had um, extra supports in there for the yoke. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. Yeah. You have to... You have to basically put an axle in there and yeah, it has a, to go it has to move a certain way and there has to be uh because 
the way that it's set up is it can only move down and up, right? It can't, you can't have it rotate 360 degrees all the way or else it'll fuck everything up. And the game comes with a customized version of the ROM for Star Wars, well, Star Wars and Empire and, and Jedi. And they have it set up. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. They have it set up so that when it goes through its cycle, if you have it on, let's say right now, I have it on the Star Wars one. So you'll get flight instructions. Your X-Wing is equipped with an invisible deflector shield that will protect you for nine collisions. Deflector strength is lost when a fireball impacts your shield. Aim your lasers, and it's slowly fading out, which really sucks. And then you have scoring, and then it scrolls up, and you know what what the scorings are worth: Tie fighters, Darth Vader's ship, laser bunkers, towers, trench turrets. But my favorite is this fireball. They don't have lasers; they have fireballs. The Tie fighters shoot fireballs at you. Yeah, and I'm you know whatever. It's part of the fucking game, right? Yeah. It's part of the experience. And then like when you're playing. Empire Strikes Back, it goes from fireballs to these wicked-looking nuclear stars, you know, yeah. these red stars that shoot at you yeah. from... And then, of course, you got to... You like know. you're having an epileptic seizure or something. <laughs> yeah. And and then you got to you gotta evade TIE fighters, mm-hmm. and then you got to fly through the asteroid field, and then in, in Return of the Jedi, you have to race your speeder bike. Yeah. And I wish they would have done that in a vector graphic form. That would have been cool. But you race your speeder bike, and you have to get to the end where, you know... You're you're saved by the Ewoks and R2 and 3PO. And then the next one is the Death Star Trench Run. What sucks about the Death Star Trench Run is <coughs> it's very similar to the speeder bike race. Yeah. But you're in the Millennium Falcon, so you can slow down to speed up and you like bump the TIE Fighters, which kind of look awful. But whatever, you know, it's it's all part of the fun, right? Yeah. You got to avoid the uh, the 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 whatever the fuck it is these uh, obstacles. The I don't know, like in they're not trees, but they're they're these metal canisters in the Death Star trench, right? Yeah. So you got to avoid those, and then once you get to the end where you can blow up the reactor, you got to turn around, and now you got to do that entire thing that you just did backwards. Yeah, and it's awesome. Like it's like Zaxxon, mm-hmm. but backwards, and I love it. This this thing is so cool. I must have I I realized how weak my wrists were <laughs> playing this. Yeah, when I played it the first couple of times, and like this shit can really build up your forearm muscles if you keep playing it. Yeah. So I played it. You been to the gym? No, it's playing Star Wars. Nope. Jacking off and playing Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, what I love about the arcade one-up stuff, man, is just, you know, compared to actual real arcade cabinets, it's a killer deal. It's a steal. I mean, compared to it, you know, because those arcade cabinets are like, what, anywhere from ten to $30,000? You know, they're extremely expensive. Yeah, and they're not even worth ten dollars to $30,000. And they're heavy as hell. Well, it's they got ex- the CRTs in them. Yeah, and they're expensive as fuck to get worked on. You no, know, when they if go bad? Know, if you know what you're doing. Well, I'm talking about when you have someone have to come out and fix them for you. That's you why don't. you take the CRT out and you put in the 17-inch flat screen. Yeah. So, th- what I love about these is it, it you know, creates the illusion of the of the arcade cabinet, but instead, it's simple. It's yeah. it's just the, yeah, it's, it's the LCD monitor and the... If I get tired of it, I can pull the monitor out and plug it into another computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could. And, uh, and then also, TV, if, if you know how to do Raspberry Pi, there's people that are Raspberry Pi in these and they're putting a shitload of games on you just yeah. got to make sure you have the right controls for it, though. Right. So well, you can't Raspberry Pi this one, yeah. but yeah, we can build a big one. The X Arcade, yeah. We can build a big one and put the Raspberry Pi in yeah. there, and uh, I already have all the software for it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, because I've got, uh, like, like I say, with my Ninja Turtles Arcade one that I've got at home, the, um, that one's got, you know, four-player on it. So you can do, like, I was hoping they could add, like, a Simpsons Arcade and a uh, X-Men Arcade. 
to that. That would be awesome. But yeah, that, that the thing about the arcade one up is like this is like my new like gotta have thing. It's my I, new jam. Fuck, dude. They 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 got NBA Jam coming out this year, and I really want it. But it's like I got no more room in my apartment for this shit. I could fit one more right there, but <laughs> yeah, that you know, yeah. then it's in the way of the of the. Uh, yeah, it, it's like okay, well, what other piece of furniture can I get rid of to put another arcade unit in? Yeah. There? You know, so I, I love them. I I absolutely love them. I've got all the ones that I've wanted. Um, they need Dragon's Lair. Arcade one yeah. up. Make Dragon's Lair. Yeah. We um, love your products. I didn't want the Rampage one that they came out with because Rampage is just this non, it doesn't end. It does like a, there's like a hundred and something levels and then it just re, it just resets or something. Rampage I, is always fun when you just want to break shit. Yeah. And it gets old though. So I, I just like fucking Street Fighter and the Simpsons doesn't or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I didn't get Street Fighter. I mean, come on. Well, no, the, you know what? I, I've never been a Mortal huge fan Kombat. of Street Fighter. I love uh, the tattoo, man. I mean, dude, I love Mortal Kombat. So even when I don't play it, I just love it being on and I could just hear the same. Mortal Kombat's weird though. The arcade cabinet does the same exact thing. It only plays sound for about 10 minutes and then the sound goes completely out unless you start playing the game. Then the sound will come back. Right, which is what it's, it's supposed to do. The other arcades keep making sound. <laughs> mine mine makes sound and yeah. I, I can't thank you enough. That's <laughs> such a, it's so cool. And they, that, that's that, and that's why I got it because I, I knew this. that's one of those things that you would absolutely love because I, I, I just do things like that sometimes. I, they need so. to do Mike Tyson's, they need to do Punch Out. Uh-huh. And then they need to do fucking Dragon's Lair. I want Tron. And, I- and yeah, well, Tron and Discs of Tron. But the one that I really want, I swear to God, I'd cream my pants if they did this, <laughs> is a fucking stupid game called Home Run Derby. Okay. And is that the one where you had the actual metal like uh, 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 bat it, and you would like flip it? And no, it like, no, no. It's, it's like got, spring activated? It's a spring activated, uh-huh. but you, it's like a, a joystick on its side. Yeah. You know, like um, it's an, I mean, essentially, yeah. it's a remote control joystick. Right, you know, like the RC, yeah, the RC uh, um, remotes, yeah. They took one of those and put it on this and put it on its side, and 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 it's it's the bat, and then you just hit home runs all day long. Yeah, I love that goddamn game, and I have it. I can't play the I can't play the fucking thing because I don't know how to set up properly. You don't have the right controller for it, right? Yeah. I don't have the right. Yeah, so uh, yeah, there's just certain ones that sing to you, man. I I know there's there's ones that I've probably forgotten about, but then if you present it to me, I'm like oh. The um, what was it? Frontline. Remember Frontline? You had a joystick uh-huh. and you had like a oh. like the Tron roundabout thing, but yeah, it was a clicker. Yeah, you were with tanks, right? Well, kind of. I mean, you were. <laughs> no, okay. It's a joystick with a clicker with okay. a with a with a like a knob that that clicks. It yeah, click yeah. back and forth, click click click. Yeah. And the other t- type of game was um uh like gunfighter or something like that, but it was a top down uh-huh. perspective where you were just running straight forward. Yeah. You know, like all the other like nineteen. 19- 42 and whatever else, but you're on the game, you're on the ground. So that's what, and I think that's what the name of the game was called, Frontline or something like that. Afterburner would be awesome too. If, as long as you have the, the yoke, you know, you have the, um, the, you know, the, the, the stick. Yeah, there it is, Frontline. You can jump in and out of tanks. They also have the sit down arcades, you know, the, um, the table uh-huh. arcades. Those are expensive. Those ones are like 500 bucks. See? Like if I had said, essentially, this is Castle Wolfenstein from the, the original Castle yeah. Wolfenstein, but see how he's running? Look at how he, yeah. look at how he runs. Did you want that game, huh? I love that game. Right. I used to play it all the time. Uh, elevator action. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Hamster Incorporation. I like to get some action in an elevator. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's just a whole ton of stuff. It's really, really cool. It is. It is. I, 
like I said, I have all the cabinets I want, you know, with the, I got the final fight, the Marvel heroes one, Ninja Turtles and Mortal Kombat, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, I, I just, yeah, I didn't really want the Street Fighter because I've never, Samurai I've, showed I, up. but even if I didn't want it, if someone gave, if they had a Street Fighter cabinet for like a hundred bucks, I'd fucking take it probably. Cause I, you know, cause the sounds are still classic to me, you know, they're nostalgic to me and that's what these things are. They, they just feed into the nostalgia, you know, as a kid playing all these arcade games growing up. It was just so much fun. <laughs> So Soul Caliber, they need to come out with Soul Caliber. I'm pretty sure there there'll be more and more shit. There there'll be these are these are getting more and more popular. So they'll they'll you know they'll get more licensing and stuff like that. You know, a lot of people are trying to get them to do like Alien versus Predator arcade, which I heard that it's a nightmare because of all the the um, copyrights and all right. that shit. But I mean, dude, I, I'm surprised they got Star Wars. Holy shit, you know. If they could do Star Wars, you know. Yeah, I mean, you would think it would be easy. Who cares about the uh, the copyrights and whatever else? Because yeah. I mean, if you're essentially just building, if you if you're building a copy of, let's say, you know, the game, right? Yeah. Whatever game it is, the game, this like the Star Wars game. Yeah. And all you have to do is just get a hold of like Tato or whatever Tato or Taito. Yeah. 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 Or Atari and just, and they still own the copyrights. They still have to, you know, give money to Lucasfilm or whatever else. Yep. And you just, you, you just sign a, a document. You sign a, a contract with these, this company saying, Hey, you know, we're going to make these. This is how much we're going to sell them for. And this is your cut. <laughs> I don't. <clears throat> And I wouldn't think it would be that much more difficult if you just go to the company that created it, you know, that has all the contracts instead of Fox and, you know, who, well, because they're owned by Disney now, so. Yeah, I, oh man, they're, they're, I even want the Burger Time one. Now, if you want the special Burger Time cabinet, the one that's designed with the, the all the, the Burger Time um, cabinet, you know, uh, decorations, yep. that one you can only get from Arcade 1-Up. Yeah. But I don't I don't want that. I mean, it look, it's, it's, it's really, really cool. I, I mean, it just, but they also have it on the um if you get the karate uh karate champ cabinet it also has burger time on it as well yep i heard the controls are a pain in the ass on that though um karate champ yeah well yeah there's uh, i have three of those (laughs) yeah the golden tea i've never been interested in i've always once in a while man oh well see here we go burger time comes with karate champ Bad dudes, caveman ninja, caveman ninja. Yeah, bad dudes was fun. I used to play that in in the arcades at, at certain the um the movie theater. I believe um Arden the Arden movie theater had it had a bad dudes. Yeah, see, they have Galaga. They also had Vigilante and this one. Yeah, that's the one I've got. I've got the final fight with 1944, Ghosts and Goblins, and Strider. Ah, Strider. Yeah, and Centipede, Crystal Castles, and Missile Command. Yeah, that. Land. I almost wanted that one because of the Crystal Castles. I did. But yeah, I had to order a replacement joystick for my Mortal Kombat because um, one of the cords, the soldering cords came loose. And so I didn't know it was the soldering cord at first. So, I, But I ordered the joystick and he replaced it. It only took a few minutes to replace the joystick assembly. It took forever to come in the mail, though. It took like a month because I think those things come from the UK or some shit. Dragon's Lair Arcade one up. Let's make it happen. Might as well add your Space Ace to it as well. Yeah. I think, well, you need Dragon's Lair, Dragon's Lair 2, and Space Ace. Yeah. So I think all. there's a Space Ace 2, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, someone's selling one on eBay for $2,600. <laughs> yeah, that has a laser displayer in it. Right. There's a petition up on change.org. Yeah, they're coming out with a Frogger also. Frogger uh, Arcade 1-Up. 
Yeah. See, if I have Frogger, I want it to be the tabletop one. I always love playing Frogger ta- on the tabletop. Yeah, they have one called uh, the the one the Black Edition where it's just all black top. Yeah, so and there's a replicate. There's a 1-6 scale from New Wave Toys. Handcrafted wood cabin featuring modern tech. Oh, they want to make it. They're at... They need to hit $75,000 goal, but they're at two sixty nine. so... They're at... They're twice that. Yeah, they're at three times that. Almost almost four times that. Yeah, because I, I can't do math. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's way too small to play. It's yeah, cool, though. Why, why would I want to play on a tiny fucking... Yeah, I don't want those little ones. I, I want... I want like this. This is the three-quarter scale right here. It's not too heavy. You can move it around. It's, you know, it's awesome. I mean, they're cool. They look really cool. Like, they have a change machine in 1942, and they're all tiny little fucking things. But I want, like, oh, like a fucking arcade game, motherfucker. Anyway, that's all I got for this episode. Yeah. So, uh, if anyone's, uh, you know, ever checked out Arcade 1-Up, check them out, man. Absolutely. They are awesome. Love them. Yep. I can remember the first time I saw them, so. (laughs) I was working at Walmart when they first came out. I'm just like, oh, that's kind of cool, but. uh." (laughs) And then, like, uh, now they're they're kicking ass with fucking. I wasn't like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'm not going to get one because they're stupid. I was just like, that's fucking rad. They're finally fucking doing this, and everybody can have an arcade game, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I'm going to wait until to see what they have out because I think, like, their first games were essentially Centipede and Defender or something. Yeah, and Space Invaders. Yeah. And then they started doing Pac Man and, yeah. Yeah, I think it was Pac-Man and Centipede that I saw. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm not really convinced yet because I don't care. I love Centipede, but, you know. Just for the record, I wanted to get this for you for Christmas and get it here before Christmas. But what happened was. AIDS. It was just, it was way too expensive at the time. Right. And I was just like, fuck. So then I was going to go get you the Pac-Man one. Because the Pac-Man one, if you get the one with the riser, it's fully like the classic arcade style. And they had one for 200 fucking dollars at Walmart. So I was like, okay, I'll go get it. Because I saw it there. And then the next day, gone. They were all gone right before Christmas. I was like, motherfucker. No, this is even better. So then I just say, oh, with the Star Wars arcade, I'm like, you know what? The New New Year's coming out. They're going to be doing, they're coming out with the one with the sit down where it has, you know, the, you know, they're going to have to need to get rid of all these older ones. So just wait for the price to go down. Just wait for the price to go down. little bit and they had one day they had this one day special sale and i was like oh shit and i jumped on it and i and i got yeah because the next day it went all the way back up to full price again yeah oh thank god they're fucking crazy expensive yeah and they shouldn't even be that expensive but fuck it i mean you know if you're getting your entertainment values worth out of it fuck it it's awesome yeah and you know what like comparatively to a classic arcade cabinet how much those damn things cost i mean it's a steal compared to them yeah and they don't need to cost that much. The amount they weigh like three hundred pounds too, man. They're like an engine block. Yeah, the amount of of um, tech. Yeah, that's the best word. Yeah. The amount of tech in those things. Yeah, like I used to work on those types of boards all day long. Yeah, and those are sixteen K boards, mm-hmm. not gig, not megabyte K as in kilobyte. Yeah, sixteen kilobyte boards. Yeah, they were they're the size. They're, yeah, they're the size of a 20-inch TV. Mm-hmm. They're the size of that screen. Yeah. And when you replace them, you know, you could you could literally fucking wing those things across the entire, like, like an entire fucking warehouse and go pick it up. And you could play Frisbee with them. Yeah. And go pick it up and plug it back in. Those things were fucking durable. Yeah. And like I said, I used to, 
they they used to be manufactured all over the place, but that's what my dad used to do anyways. He 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 worked at Atari in the manufacturing area. Yeah. And my mom worked in another part of the building and our friend Mimi was art department. So that, you know, we got the, we got everything covered from yep. from programming all the way through. And I used to go I used to go play these fucking games in the uh, in the Atari game room, arcade room. And man, it was cool. I like to see them come out with Red Baron. Okay. Red Baron is essentially just Star Wars. Yeah. Fuck, I want one of those now in my house. <laughs> yeah. I want the arcade. The Star Wars one's awesome too, man. It's yeah. just fucking I love it. It's got the Darth Vader in the and the yeah, X-Wing fighter on the side of it and Death Star too. Shit. Yep. Yep. Love it, man. All right. All right. Uh, we'll check you guys on the flip side. Flippity flop. <laughs>